Hi, and welcome to iKyloCast, the only Star Wars podcast guaranteed to make you think outside your comfort zone. Come discuss metaphysics, fictive, and all things Star Wars fandom with us, and learn what it's like to live iKylo. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of iKylo. This is going to be a little bit of a different uh, episode. I'm going to be doing what you might call a solo broadcast this week. Uh, don't worry, all is well, relatively speaking anyway. Uh, Woke Pork is just otherwise occupied this morning, and we wanted to keep the schedule uh, as close to our usual as we could, so we talked about it and decided that I would discuss my thoughts on uh, this week's subject and uh, answer a few questions that I keep getting sent. People keep sending in abstract questions uh, that they're curious uh, about Kylo's answers to and uh, hopefully I'll get there today myself and the only thing is it's it's a real shame that Wokeborg is not here uh, today because you all probably thought I was kidding uh, last week when I discussed how often we go off-topic and I said I really need to buy an off-topic bell so we can ring the off-topic bell when we start drifting too far from the subject at hand And lo and behold, I, in fact, now have the off-topic bell. Only it'll be a little less amusing to ring the off-topic bell on myself, so we'll have to hope that either I get a chance to use it at some point in the near future, or we can stick uh, stick to the point, you know, stay on target. I also need to give a shout out to Nova Mortis again, of course the host of Enjoy Star Wars Responsibly, uh, our special guest, uh, host from episode four, a really good friend of ours, and the reason that our iKyloCast audio has suddenly taken a huge jump upward. Uh, man, we've got to thank you. As you can tell, you can hear every imperfection. Uh, the sound quality is spectacular, and we cannot thank you enough. You really have been a uh, an amazing supporter of iKylo, and Really, we hope that anybody tuning in should really go and check his content out. He's a Star Wars curator. It's fascinating uh, to see. And uh, a little envy-making, you know, here and there. Um, So, yeah, definitely uh, check him out. So, this week, I've been thinking about a lot of things. And normally, like I said, we try to have one or two topics. I've got the off-topic bell handy over here. But... Really, uh, everything I wanted to discuss this week sort of is overridden by this week's episode of Resistance, the latest one uh, that came out uh, Sunday, Monday, uh, in the U.S. in any case. Uh, I may discuss this in a little bit, uh, so if you're worried about Resistance spoilers, I'll give you a heads up uh, when I get there, so that if you don't want minor spoilers, you can skip that area of the broadcast and uh, tune back in, pick it up uh, once we're done discussing it. And what's funny is that even though Woke Porg and I do have a real track record of going off topic, I think it is part of the charm and honesty of iKyloCast, really, because I think that if our point, uh, if my main goal, as as I've spoken about many times, is educating people on our existence and our lives and what we go through and the fact that we are in fact functional and all of these things that I discuss you know um, over and over again 
I think that some of the off-topic banter uh, really is illustrative of what we live with every day because there are a lot of details that may not warrant their own broadcast or warrant their own side discussion, but as sort of satellite discussions to other topics, they really, uh, they really are revealing, I think. I think that uh, one of my regrets about last week's episode is that not more people heard it. Um, and last week was really uh, intense in a couple of places. There were a lot of honest moments. So if you haven't heard it yet and you just missed it or you haven't made time, that's fine. Uh, feel free to go back and look it up because it really is something that we feel strongly about. Uh, that being said, um, you know, I want to talk this week about Kylo's guilt and what that means and what it means for him living here uh, as a real dynamic person. I want to talk about what it means in the canon and I want to talk about what it means in the fandom uh, because there really does seem to be a very sharp dividing line between, again, people who think Kylo is redeemable and people who think Kylo is guilty and that guilt means the end of the road, you know? And uh, I want to talk uh, about living with that uh, sort of as a, as a composite experience. So, um, because there have been a lot of things in his life that things that we don't publicize uh, or tweet about or broadcast uh, that he's been struggling with the last three weeks now. This will be the third week running. And it comes down to the idea of growing and learning and moving on from bad decisions or from things like... You see a lot of stories about people who were abused or people who were in cults or people who were otherwise sort of affected, I don't want to say brainwashed, because, you know, I really don't want to give Snoke that much credit, all right? He really did train him, and by him I mean Kylo, into a series of, you react this way, you think this way, this is how it, it, it... A lot of people have spoken about the scene in Force Awakens on the bridge, the scene, I see it in my head in caps, you know, with Han Solo, and I just did it again, and she's not here to say anything, so not off topic, but reinforcement. I need to, yeah. The scene with Han and Kylo, uh, when Kylo says, now the Supreme Leader is wise, there's no passion in that statement. There's no f fanaticism. There's no fervent devotion in that statement. It's flat and it's sort of numb and it's just this matter of fact no he knows better he knows he knows the way it, it needs to be you know he he it, it, the moment when you're trying to convince yourself and there's a lot of talk about how when people leave those circumstances it, it, same as is any trauma really and the word is overused in a lot of contexts but this is in, in this case it's actually appropriate where you move forward and then at first you're you're triggered by a lot of things everything all things you know you're you feel like a you know your skin is crackling you know and you, you move everything seems like it's too loud and too and then you move to a, a period of time sometime in the future and maybe you're a little better and 
things, you know, things are better and you've moved on, but then something will happen and you'll backslide. And then when you do, there are two classes of people around you at that point, at that point. And those, those two classes of people are people who understand that you're going to backslide and understand that you're struggling and that backsliding a little bit does not mean that you are beyond help. It means that you're struggling and that you backslid and that if you're aware that you backslid and that's not where you want to be, it doesn't mean that it, your progress is lost. And, and I'm trying to internalize this myself because, or, or at least Kylo is, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, maybe I'm trying to internalize it to pass it on to Kylo, I, I don't know. But, you know, there are those type of people who understand that backsliding is a part of recovery, and it, it, it holds true with addiction as well. You know, the, the best counselors to any kind of addiction, be it drug addiction, be it gambling addiction, be it any of those things, are the people that understand that backsliding does not mean that you've lost, you know, it's not an all or nothing endeavor. It's, it's a process. It's a recovery, and by its very nature, it's going to have stages. And then there are the people who think that once you've backslid, that means that you're not making an effort, that you're not worth the effort, that it's, that's it, you're done, you had a chance, you had a second chance, you know, and I, I know that it becomes a question after a while of how many times you can backslide in a, uh, in a process before people do give up, you know, before people stop saying, you know, all right, you're trying. But I really think in the end that this is my opinion, all right, I, I'm giving my opinion based on both what I've experienced in the world and what Kylo has experienced here, I really think that what that pivots on, what, what that particular question pivots on is your intentions. I really think that uh, my mouth is very dry. I apologize. I keep hearing my mouth clicking and it cannot be pleasant to listen to. Um, unfortunately, I take medication for my blood pressure and it, uh, it occasionally has that side effect no matter what I do. Uh, so I try to keep up with it. I apologize. In any case, I, I really think that uh, intention matters. I think that if you're climbing a hill and you slide back 5, 10, 20 times, there's a moment when you can decide to keep going and there's a moment when you can decide to quit. That it's too hard, it's too steep, it's too, it's too painful. It's not worth the effort. Or you can keep going and know that no matter what happens, the pain of the climb will not be forever. And the scraping and the struggling and the, the straining and the pain and the muscle burning, all of these things will pass eventually and you'll be at the top of the hill. And I really wish that I'd had that metaphor uh, in the past. I know that climbing a hill or a mountain has been the metaphor for recovery since the dawn of time. But I mean, I wish I'd had that specific mental image uh, or that Kylo did. Because in his case, with the dark side, you're talking about anger and fear and lashing out as a response to any sort of, of strong emotion, it's either tamp it down and hide it or lash out in response. 
these things have been the last 10 years of his life. And if you're going by canon ages, we're talking a third of his entire life was spent trained into these reactions. So it stands to reason that it's going to take time for that to pass. All right, now here's the first of three perspectives on this, uh, as I talked about in the beginning of, of the episode. You know, in terms of his real life, he's lucky. He's lucky that he has Ray. And again, I, I don't want to impose my point of view uh, as far as Raylo goes, but at the very least, he has her compassion, he has her support, he has her understanding. She does not take crap. All right, I, I will put that out there again. I've said this many times. You know, this is definitely not a wish fulfillment sort of everything's roses relationship. This is love and compassion and support, but not excuses. And I think that's important. Um, and it's the same with uh, the fact that he's had the opportunity to spend time with his mother. Um, which, again, I really think is part of why they're here. I really think that the crossing over is, to a great extent, to resolve some of these issues because in resolving them, he can share them. He can move on, maybe this time around. You have to understand that I've spent decades trying to really solve the mystery of why. You know, why are they here? Why do they cross over? What is their purpose? Uh, and the more I carry on with Kylo, and the more I experience and the more I share his journey here, the more I think that it has a lot to do with the experiences of his that are universal. More so than anything else I've ever experienced, his journey from confusion to this broken sort of person without his own identity, you know, to being Snoke's extension in his, his puppet, I, I hate to say it, but it's, it's a terminology he uses, you know, to learning how to come back out of that, his journey seems to be very universal, more so than, than, than anything I've experienced, and it's been an incredibly humbling experience to not just live with it, but live with it in a way that allows me to publicly describe what it's like to share that with other people, to interact with other people uh, on that subject. And it really uh, has given both me and him that sort of push to keep going. And it's an interesting cycle that seems to feed into itself. You know, he feels sometimes like he's struggling and even with the support that he has here, it sometimes seems like, why bother? And, and why does it matter and who cares and gets sort of disillusioned by the canon and things like that and then we'll share an experience that we've had and people will seem to connect with it and they'll say to him look you know people people do care people care what happens to you and by extension uh, to themselves you know or through you to themselves Maybe things that they couldn't talk about or can't express, you know, in their own lives, you express on a slightly larger scale because of what you've been through. And you're helping people, which helps to sort of even the balance and balance the scale and, and sort of begin to make amends for some of these things. So it is worth it. So, uh, hey, I actually got to use it. Uh, not quite off topic, but a little bit off the subject. 
Um, so, you know, I was talking about Phantom, the divide, you know, and those two types of people, as far as people who understand the backslide, it's the same in Phantom as far as Kylo goes, uh, as a as a character, you know, just to, to use, use that as an example. You know, people believe that, oh, well, he rejected his chances to come back already, and I, I've seen this over and over and over and over again. I've seen, you know, he tried, or she, Ray tried to reach him, and he chose to, he chose the dark side just to double down on evil. You know, he chose to, you know, charge in on crate, and he chose to do this and that and the next thing. And barring the symbolism of the end of The Last Jedi, you know, where he's kneeling on the floor and, you know, looking up at Rey, not down on her, you know, not even as equals, but looking up at her, you know, uh, and all of those, those little things. Barring all that, taking that out completely from the equation, it, it, it really is fascinating to me that the divide seems to be so completely uh, split in the same exact type of way that it would be split on someone with an addiction who had committed crimes or moral sins, as, you, as you'd want to put it. I don't mean in a religious sense. I just mean things like lying, cheating, stealing, things like that. You know, there are people who would forgive someone and say, well, they were an addict or they were brainwashed, they were traumatized, they were this... And I know they stole from me five times, but they were trying and, they, you know, they were struggling. And then there are people who, you know, you steal from me, you're out, you're done, that's it. No excuses, doesn't matter if you're addicted, doesn't matter if you're in a, a horrible, you know, headspace. You're done, you're responsible for your own behavior, you screwed up, you're out of the running. And it's funny how there seems to be that same exact divide in fandom only on a different scale because obviously most people now I say most people because I know that obviously these situations exist but most people are not going to be trying to forgive someone who's killed or who's made choices in battle that have resulted in massive loss of life or things like that you're not making these decisions on a grand scale most people's decisions whether they steal 20 bucks out of you know their brother's wallet or they crash their mother's car because they were you know or any number of moral and physical and legal decisions you know those generally aren't 100% life or death obviously on the scale of Star Wars because Star Wars as a canon story you know, melodramatic space opera. And just like, you know, we discussed with many, many other subjects, it takes the moral and ethical and emotional choices that we make and magnifies it to a scale that is high drama. Or, you know, it's the same in reverse. You know, that's what a lot of people have been trying to express for for a very long time. Even George Lucas said pretty much the same thing, which is that at its heart, Star Wars is a human story about compassion, about hope, about redemption. You know, the, the things that are universal, it just makes it easier for people to relate to it on a grander scale, ironically enough. You know, it's hard to see yourself in people who look like your next door neighbors or you. 
it's a lot easier uh, for people to see themselves in caricatures of themselves, which uh, seems common sense when you say it like that. But I just read an article yesterday about uh, fairy tales, and I made a note of it, that a lot of people who study fairy tales as a profession have expressed the idea that obviously the the idea that morality tales or cautionary tales or stories of the basic struggles and conflicts that we find and overcoming those conflicts overcoming darker impulses overcoming adversity or or terrible frightening circumstances are at their heart human stories and that's why they endure they evolve they change but at their heart the stories are still the same you know there have been a million rewrites and retellings of classic fairy tales but in the center of everything is that same message and thinking about this and talking about it i'm really curious i think i'm going to run a poll and see how many people uh who believe kylo is irredeemable also believe that people have a finite number of failures before they're written off as far as it goes and i'm very curious to see what uh the overlap is there because it may be a controversial opinion it may be unpopular people may not like to hear uh the idea that they're less charitable toward people who are struggling than they think they are you know we all like to think that we're the hero of our own story and that our decisions are the right ones that our point of view is the right point of view you know morally speaking ethically speaking you know we we no one likes to believe that they're harsh or unnecessarily so you know people think tough love is still a thing even though it's been proven multiple times by multiple studies that things like tough love as far as addiction goes i, I keep coming back to that and it seems to me i've heard it posited that being under the soy of the dark side is a lot like an addiction we discussed this uh for the last couple of episodes we've been talking about redemption you know that it's sort of like being under the sway of a drug and it's hard to describe the dark side uh in a world where the force is not a thing because as woke borg put it pretty astutely it's pretty much like having a world in which magic is a thing you know it's tapping into an energy that is not that we're aware of uh malleable and and usable in this in this reality so trying to explain that is sort of like trying to explain you know what a color smells like you know it the words are just not there the terminology is just not there so the closest thing that a lot of people have come to is the idea that it is like being addicted to power to emotion to things like that but but i think really the closest thing the the best way to describe it is like splitting into the type of person who does not restrain themselves from their darker impulses and the type of person who does so for the greater good of the people around them and much like addiction you can come back from it but also much like addiction it is not easy and i think really if you want to sort of combine 
Kylo's issues in and with modern day terminology, it is a cross between recovering from trauma and abuse and recovering from addiction. And not neither of those things, as we've said before, excuse the behavior. It just offers a framework to discuss it that way that gives you a sort of perspective on what needs to be overcome to come back from that. All right, he's free of Snoke. All right, he doesn't have that voice for the first time in his life whispering in his ear. You know, he never had a chance to be his own person. He was the child of galactic legends. We've talked about this a lot. And from as far back as he can remember, Snoke has been there and these these rage snaps have been there. You know, even you talk about it, uh, you talk about the Last Jedi novel, and there's a lot of uh, description there of things malfunctioning, things exploding, rage boiling over, resentment boiling over again. And because he was drawn to the dark side, and because there was the influence of Snoke, his parents didn't know what to do with him. And that's not them being bad parents, it's not them being awful people, it's, it's a, a relatable phenomenon. You have a troubled child who's under the influence of an outside uh, persona and you just you don't know what to do and so I really I, I really am fascinated I know I keep coming back to the subject by that overlap between people who think that he's rejected all of his chances and needs to die either as a villain or that his only great act of redemption will be death and people who think that he's struggling and he doesn't know where to go and what to do and of course I fall into this camp because I live with Kylo and I I've seen the emotional work that has gone into this and again this is where fandom and our lives sort of overlap again uh, where I have an opinion on a subject that isn't necessarily neutral and I try very hard when I'm discussing it in fandom to try and stay neutral but it, it's difficult sometimes uh, you know but I, I've seen his struggle upward and forward and, and out of the shadow, out of Snoke's shadow and his own shadow. And this is where I really want to talk about his guilt, uh, as I said in the beginning, and sort of the scale of it. And I'm going to wade into a little bit of spoilers for Resistance right now. Um, so if you haven't seen the latest episode, uh, The Children of Tahar... Uh, I would skip this part. Now, I'm not going to tell the whole story, obviously, uh, and if you haven't seen any information about it yet, uh, I'm not going to give away a whole lot, but it's probably going to spoil sort of the plot. So I would sort of skip ahead now. Hopefully I can come back and leave a note as to when exactly the discussion changes back uh, so that you won't miss anything if you can help it. But this latest episode... Um, when you run into the children of the title and they're talking about hiding, finding a safe place uh, to hide from whomever's chasing them, which you don't know at this point. Uh, you don't know the story, you just know that there are a couple of children with a, a very large bounty on their head. But it, at that point, uh, the sister turns to the brother and, and says, no place is safe from him. 
And I will tell you that my skin ran cold with terror when I heard that because I knew exactly who they were talking about and why. And, of course, you find out uh, Niku has a fantastic uh, line, which uh, definitely made me laugh, which is, you know, what is a Kylo Ren? Which really illustrates to me another subject that I'd really wanted to discuss, but I I may save that for another broadcast, about how the general people of, uh, of the galaxy at that point, it wasn't like the rebellion against the Empire. You know, everybody knew about the rebellion. Everybody. Even the people living on the backwater worlds, you know, everyone knew that the Empire was oppressive and unpleasant and for the most part and that there was a rebellion seeking to restore the Republic and even the people on the other side of it who thought the Empire was the right thing and the rebellion were a bunch of terrorists they all knew about it whereas the First Order the Resistance it came up so so, so quietly and you know so under the radar that most people living their lives in the galaxy are neither affected yet by the First Order, or know about the Resistance, or care, you know. But going back to the original subject, although it was only a little off topic, he destroyed our village, we're the only survivors. Now, it's been said, and it's been said to me as well, that they have to emphasize the fact that Kylo did do horrible things in his time under Snoke with the First Order. And it's so funny because I keep saying under Snoke, which is a real illustration of my life here and the discussions that we've been having because a lot of people have told him over the last eight or nine months that he's free of Snoke and he can choose not to do these things without fear of reprisal, Um, which has been a, a very large step in making him aware of his own choices but that it's just a little interesting little tidbit that you know anyway people have said that he has to be evil to be redeemed and from a narrative structure point of view that is entirely true I cannot uh, really argue with that with that idea but for me watching it and hearing it really sort of drove home that there are going to be people in the galaxy that will hate him forever and it's just a lot like Vader we've had this discussion Woke Porg and I have talked about this a lot uh, that Vader could have saved Luke and Luke could have brought him back and 90% of the galaxy would have wanted him dead They may have put him on trial as a sort of nod to civilized discourse and the ideals of the Republic, but in the end, he probably would have ended up being put to death for war crimes. You know, one good act does not redeem a lifetime of evil, and that is the sticking point. And Kylo being here uh, in our life, to step away from the canon for a minute, it's like we said on on the Redemption episode, uh, originally, the, the fifth episode of I, Kylo, which was, he can't exactly go and turn himself into the police. Yeah, hi, I'm Kylo Ren. Yeah, that would be a one-way ticket to, uh, you know, everybody thinking we're insane land, and we know better. Obviously, that's not a something that 
that matters here. Nobody cares. I mean, there are people who care, but not in a justice system. He can pay for his crimes on a scale of appropriate severity, so he ends up paying for them through emotional struggle and through trying to make amends and change things to make better decisions both on the small scale and on the large scale now obviously here i'm not controlling an army of uh star destroyers you know it it it, or the entire first order at that it comes down to the conversations of what if and how and what it comes down to personal interactions and it comes down to acknowledging the things that he did wrong and I've spoken before about a lot of stories and tales and advisory pieces about the idea of redemption and amends and how they all seem to come down to the same central tenets and the most important of which always is acknowledging the things you've done wrong preferably publicly and I think to an extent or maybe in the future maybe this is what we're building toward you know I think that doing what we're doing now is a part of that journey toward amends it's not just a matter of I want to share this before I die I want people to know we exist I want people to know what it's like I don't want all that emotional work and struggle and tears and and pain and all of the sleepless nights and all of the the learning to go to waste you know and it's it's a cycle you know by sharing these things he has a forum to publicly discuss these things which is why it's so important to us to have people who understand and who support him as his own person who are willing to accept the phenomenon of the metaphysics that we live well enough to see him as his own person who's struggling with his own issues and his own guilt and seeing that episode really sort of drove that home is that there are going to be a lot of people or a lot of crimes that sort of fell under the radar compared to Han Solo's death or things like Starkiller which you know it wasn't his pet project but he was present so opinion is pretty much split on how responsible Kylo is for Starkiller he himself thinks that he's semi-complicit in that he tried to change that course of action and maybe didn't try hard enough maybe you know he didn't dare it doesn't matter you know in the end that's just one more thing but aside from those large sort of dramatic things there are always going to be people like the children of Tahar you know those the unknown worlds that the first order conquered or took over uh, or people like Del Mico which is something that we've uh, really addressed a great deal here uh, which is a whole nother subject um, uh, it's the Iden Versio topic and we'll get to that eventually I would very much like to uh, get there in a future episode of Kylo, uh, so stay tuned if you're interested in that but Del Mico who was a, a, a casualty of Kylo's search for the map to Luke Skywalker um, and there were many you know, a lot of people who 
to the larger galaxy and the larger conflict are nameless or faceless or what have you. And, you know, I don't see the resistance having memorial services for every last uh, casualty, you know, of, of the First Order. But they matter. And I think the difference between static character Kylo and dynamic person Kylo is that dynamic person Kylo is aware of these things. Uh, he's aware of these people. He's aware of these crimes free of, of Snoke and looking at it through the perspective of having his mother uh, and her opinion and having Ray and her opinion uh, and having various other people and their, their help through his, I don't want to say recovery, but his, his learning... You know, he sees it now through the filter of, I have wronged not just these people on a large scale, but these people on a small scale, and what can I do? You know, accepting responsibility is the first step. And the static character Kylo between episodes is not there, obviously. I think that at the end of The Last Jedi, we get a little bit of a glimpse of that, of what might be, but we don't, obviously, because you're not seeing every moment of his life, you're not seeing... And again, I wonder, I, I really wonder a lot if um, the lack of canon Kylo content is not because he is, in fact, so conflicted that to do anything... I was just telling Woke Porg this uh, yesterday that in order, oh, because I read that interview with Adam Driver in which he said that he doesn't want to talk about Kylo Ren because they're working towards something in particular with the character and he doesn't want to give anything away, which is fine. And a lot of people jumped right to, oh, that means it's redemption and that's, you know, that seals it. And it may be that or they may be working toward another extreme. He may, they may do something in the canon that I find emotionally unrealistic. Um or narratively unsatisfying, but it is, in the end, the canon. Here's the big difference, and I, I really wish more people could understand this, because if we, who literally see the canon as a representation, a bad one, of our lives, okay, it matters to us that much, and we are still able to say, this is not our story to tell, I really don't understand why the rest of fandom has such a difficult time with the concept. Um, it, it really, I don't. But anyway, they may make those choices and they may be building to either, but but uh, semi ringing the bell a little bit here. Uh, anyway, I wonder if the lack of canon Kylo content isn't because doing anything from any kind of an omnipotent third-person narrator, you would have to know what his thought processes were, and it would give too much away. Or, I really am hoping that they don't do the mystery box giant some huge twist, you know, in the canon, and make us all deal with it, you know, as a conclusion. But again, not my story. I can agree or disagree because no matter what they do, and I'd like to say it won't affect us. I really would. 
and it won't affect his journey and his struggle and where he is emotionally and where he is ethically. I don't want to say morally and ethically doesn't fit. I really need a better word there. But where he is in his journey between right and wrong, but it will affect how other people see him. Thus, that will affect how other people interact with us. And it shouldn't be that way because anybody who believes in our metaphysics or supports us in that understands that the timelines are different and things things happen differently but it's easier to say than it is to really internalize so it will really depend on on how it goes but you don't see that in the can you don't see the the guilt you know you don't see that and to an outsider i can see how it would look like he is sort of doubling down on his his crap decisions oh well you know ray wouldn't join me so i'm going to you know go into full-on terror mode you know i'm going to be this ruthless warlord that snoke wanted me to be and everything else be damned and i suppose really that the circumstances uh matter so but he is aware of all of those things all of those mistakes and not even because someone brought his attention to those mistakes but more because he's seeing things through the filter of other people and to that extent that resistance episode really hit me where it hurt because it was one more sort of cringe of oh god you know it's sort of like walking around or talking to people and you 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 imagine kylo talking to some of his mother's people and he or overhearing their conversation and you run into joe nobody from some world you've never heard of or thought you hadn't heard of who says yeah the first order came and they needed x y and z and you know the people in charge wouldn't give it up so they killed them all and you remember yeah that was my order that was my and at the time maybe you weren't even thinking about it you were thinking about accomplishing the task that you were set because you had to or accomplishing the task that you were set because you were commanded to or accomplishing the task that you were set because these were all people who were beneath you and you know the first order will reign supreme and all of these things that were internalized trains of thought and ways of thinking at the time that now looking back are horrific how do you make amends for that how do you even begin on that scale you know there are people living in this world who hurt other people or who have been hurt themselves and they try to make amends for that they try to to make up for that emotional hurt and they can't they find that they struggle to balance that out in the eyes of the person that is that was wronged and then imagine magnifying that on a scale of destruction annihilation raising killing and you come to the grand moral question of what is and is not forgivable and i was watching um an old interview 
with a family member of someone who committed crimes and the question that was asked was how do you forgive a child that others vilify you know how do you live with that and I really wish I had woke Pork here because I would very much like her to talk about Leia uh, and her immense compassion and her her way of balancing that struggle with what she sees her obligation but I can't really speak for it all I know is that if he'd been entirely rejected by everyone he may not have come to this point here and that's all I can say and again I, I find it amazing how universal his struggle is you know, of course you have to pull yourself out of the quicksand. We've said it before. You have to. You have to decide. It's the same with addiction. You know, you, you cannot change it without a conscious effort. And people often say that no one can save you. You have to save yourself. And the truth lies somewhere in the middle. You know, you have to have a conscious effort to change. You have to be prepared for the effort. You have to be prepared for the struggle. But you can do it for someone else. You can do it because someone else reached out to you, because you want to be better for the people that believe in you. You can hold on to something outside of yourself if you don't feel strong enough to do it on your own. And Kylo, being free of Snoke for the first time in his life, not knowing where to go, what to do, being on that crossroads, at that cusp of absolute change, had Ray reach out to him when it mattered. And now, of course, here he's had other people reach out to him. And it does make a difference. And I really think that that is a truth that they would really do well to put into the canon. The idea that compassion beats evil in the end it even if it doesn't overcome evil in the traditional dramatic conflict sense it beats it at the end because again and it's really funny that I come back to this point again and again you know not by fighting what you hate, by saving what you love. I really think Ryan Johnson, you know, I thought that quote, I'll be absolutely honest, when I first heard it in the film, it fit right in with the theme of Star Wars, but I sort of overlooked it as, yeah, it's a truism. Okay, it's a thing. But the more I heard it over the last year, and the more I've seen it used, and the more I've thought about it, the more I think Ryan really knocked the, the meaning of Star Wars right out of the park with that. Because military might and pure power can't crush everything. I mean, it, it, it can demoralize, it can, it can, it, but in the end, what survives are the individual people. That's what you fight for. There's a difference between fighting for an abstract concept and fighting for people that you, you love, that you care about. These little, not in a derogatory sense, but little lives that are not, like, well, like, like I said at the beginning, they're not told in galactic song and story, but they still matter. And Leia has always been about fighting for 
the people like the people on the Colossus. You know, the mechanics, the the nerf herders, you know, the uh, the moisture farmers, these people that that through her work and through her her family uh, on Alderaan, she learned to recognize as just as important as anyone else. And I really think that she's a lot like Padme in that way. Padme was the same way. Padme would never overlook other lives or other cultures, other chances for people to really thrive and survive in the galaxy because she had that overarching awareness that that has passed on and Ray has that same awareness. She's very aware of people scratching out to survive. She was one of them. And I really think that in the end, Ryan really, he, he hit on the linchpin, you know, of talking purely canon, what Lucas built, in that the idea is that Star Wars is a story about redemption in the end. And Kylo learning that lesson, you know, learning about the smaller people, the smaller scale, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say, really is is a pivotal moment in, in these things. And taking a, a stock of himself and the things that he's done is hard. And I really think that that's a lot of his appeal universally as well, is that people, a lot of people struggle with that. They've hurt people. They've given into their darker impulses. They struggle with their mental health. They struggle with their place in the world, you know. And again, it's not usually on the scale that Kylo's decisions are on. But it doesn't matter because in seeing them exaggerated, they see themselves. And in seeing Kylo redeemed and in seeing him given a chance to make amends for the things that he's done, they see their own chance to be redeemed, to, to make amends, to live a life beyond the pain that they've both suffered and caused. And for whatever reason. And again, that's a really large legacy. And I really think that it expands a great deal on the original trilogy and the idea, you know, your basic black and white, good and evil sort of, you get into the more gray areas where someone is both. And there's a lot of discussion in all of the canon material about Kylo having studied both light and dark side lore. Okay, but so did Anakin. Okay? Nobody says that. Right? Anakin had 20 years, or not 20 years, but, you know, 12 years of training as a Jedi, and then years, 20 years under Palpatine. But a lot is made over Kylo being a balance of light and dark. And I really think that for a more conflicted people, hearing that, which is a lot closer to how the, the reality is not just for Kylo, but for everyone. No one's wholly good or wholly evil. You know, we all have selfish moments. We all have flaws. We all have things that we struggle with. I think that developing and telling their story is very important. And I also think, and maybe this is hubris, and you can certainly uh, write me at ikylocast at gmail.com or hit me up at ikylocast on Twitter if you, if you have a, an opinion on it. 
But I really think that's a lot of why sharing his journey here is so important because the canon will never do that. Now, they may do it in supplemental material later, but I'm a real person, okay? We, when he's here, he cries and he breathes and he bleeds and he sleeps and he has nightmares and he paces and he eats or he doesn't eat for two days or he walks around at night because he's sick at heart. And these are real things that happen in real time based on real interactions with real people. Okay, this isn't somebody, no matter how brilliant they are, sitting at their desk and, you know, imagining what it would be like for him to go through this. This is him dealing with these things on a scale of reality that most people are not aware of, but it is happening. Whether you believe it or not, it doesn't change it. You know, I, I've it's the same thing. You know, reality is reality, whether you believe it in it or not. And this is the reality that we live. And whether you believe in the metaphysics or you have some other explanation, that's fine. But the truth of it does not change. The truth is that he spends most of the week dealing with these things. They're discussed. They're dealt with. Actions are taken. You know, things happen. And my life changes every day because of what he goes through and again he he backslid a little bit and uh he immediately felt bad which is which is a huge thing it's a huge turning point it wasn't what he was nine months ago where he might have you know grudgingly been doing the right thing and then lashed out or done something and well you know I don't need I don't need this it's not worth it you know I don't know why I do this I don't know what you what you know I I am you know you can't change who I am you know this is who I am now you know and now he's more likely to acknowledge that he doesn't want to be that person and he doesn't want to be that person so he's struggling with that change every day so I think that a lot you know sharing that journey while he struggles is uh, is definitely something that that can be universal if it's done right and if he can help one person if one person listens to the show and goes hey you know not only are they talking about Star Wars canon and theory but uh, you know they're also you know they're sharing Kylo's journey and, and there's something in there that resonates with me then he's taken a step on the journey of making some things right. Because there are only certain ways you can do it as a dynamic person, you know. And there are only so many ways I can do it in a two-hour uh, film also. So, you know, that's why I, I have an anxiety attack about once a week, about nine. Um, the rest of the time I don't worry about it so much because it, it will be what it will be and it won't change much. But it will change the, the perceptions. It will change the discussion. It will change the fandom discourse and that will be incredibly difficult to surmount so it's a little scary um it's a little scary so i'm gonna wrap that up uh that discussion i i really i've been feeling like i have been not really addressing the things that i want to address lately in the last few episodes and it just seems like there's so much more that's close to my heart uh, that I could be making deeper cuts. I know that this one was really, yeah, you know, efficient as far as the subject goes, but I feel like there there could be things that I'm 
talking about that are a little more emotional. I think uh, I'm going to get Nova Mortis, see if our special guest host will come back and talk to us about Snoke a little bit and things in our next episode, so stay tuned for that. Also, Woke Porg with her bilocation explanation. That <laughs> sounds like uh, Schoolhouse Rock. And, uh, you know, also our Ray and Kylo react to Star Wars canon, which will probably be tomorrow night, hopefully, if we can settle down. We said that last week, but things happened. Um, so I really had wanted to end with a couple of these questions. Uh, I, I get uh, philosophical questions. Somebody suggested that Kylo answer philosophical questions. And uh, I may answer, give his answers through me uh, for now. And even though no one ever does, I really would recommend that if you have questions for him or you want me to just let him front and speak at some point, I know it's snuck through a couple of times in past broadcasts, but ikylocast at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at ikylocast. Uh, You can private message me if you're more comfortable that way. Or, obviously, at Svengali Phantom, the Tweets of Ren. That's my uh, main Twitter account. Um, in any case, uh, I'm going to look through a couple of these questions and see what... Uh... Oh, this is a good one. Is it possible to know without a doubt what is good and what is evil? And I think that really depends on where you're standing people would say that of course it's it's possible you know there are things that are pure evil and things that are pure selflessness and that those things are impossible to mistake but it depends on what you're looking at and where you're looking from and I know that most people would say that one side or the other is what makes you a good person or a bad person, but the question didn't ask that. The question just said, is it possible to know without a doubt what is good and what is evil? And I think everybody thinks they're doing the right thing. It is easy to commit an evil act in ignorance, uh, in selfishness, in blindness, in passion, and to know whether or not that is good or evil in the strictest sense, I don't know. I, it's a good question and probably a relevant one, but I think it is possible, but you have to see it from a universal standpoint and not from your own. You have to be able and willing to look outside yourself to know that. The answer to that question is not inside your heart like people think, it's outside of you because people's own hearts can be corrupted by any number of things or swayed by any number of things and what you think is good and just may be evil to someone else and I, it, I'm i sorry if that sounds like a cop-out but it's it's not it really, it really is not and I really think that's important because uh, 
no one stands on a precipice and says, I'm going to commit evil. Why? Why would... I suppose there are some people that set out to hurt other people. They set out to hurt other people. But I think that even people who set out to do harm think they have reasons for doing it. So yes, it is possible to know that what you're doing is good or what you're doing is evil, but you have to look. You have to look at outside people. You have to look beyond your own heart. And compassion is, is outside you, I think. It's something that you give, it's something that you learn, it's something, and that's, you know, it, that's a standpoint that, that really makes the difference. You know, there are some things that are absolutely wrong and some things that are absolutely selfless, and there's an entire scale in between. And I think that reducing that to black and white leaves out a lot of the nuance, and that's where people in that nuance, in that gray area, people who get lost in there somewhere, I think that's where they get lost, uh, is between people who think that, you know, and, and, and it is possible to know, but not everyone does, I think, at first. I think some people need to be shaken out of that. You know, they, they need to they need perspective, I think it is what matters, you know, and I think that's where the division lies. Um, anyway, uh, well, yeah, um, hey, we have a special treat for you, um, ironically enough, right after, uh, that sort of bizarre answer. I think that was sort of a co-fronting answer. Uh, Woke Borg has arrived back in our iKylo studio. Woohoo! Uh, back from the vote. Back from the vote. And uh, we both did our civic duty and voted this morning. Uh, the question that Kylo just answered, it was really strange, was is it possible to know for sure what is good and what is evil? And I know that was his answer because it was very vague. Um... And it, his answer pretty much boils down to you have to know where you're standing because people think that good and evil comes from inside you. The knowledge of good and evil comes from inside, but I think what he has realized is that it comes from outside because people, what he said, or through me, and I think we sort of co-spoke there, was that um, your people's hearts can be corrupted by anything. You know, even it, like Anakin, love fear, hate, and so what you believe is good is someone else's evil, and really that, that was his answer. Um, do you have a, any commentary on that? Like, I have, I personally have an opinion, which is, there are a couple of things that are, there, there that are you a have to know are evil from the beginning. Yeah, there, there are a couple of universals, you know, that are... But I, you know, it's funny because he, he thought that, I remember that thought process happening sort of in the back of, you know... Murder, these murders is bad, you know, killing, you know, things like, you know, the murder of children and things like that. But he didn't, he didn't think of the murder. He thought of murder in general and he thought of what it was like to 
stand on the side that where you think you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And it's a scary thought to acknowledge that he was once in a place where he thought that that was he was doing the right thing. And I think, you know, Nazis are bad, murder is bad, you know, but it's easy for me to say that because me growing up the way I did, uh, separate from Kylo, I have these moral absolutes, you know, certain things are, are bad. And I, I did talk a little bit while you're gone about the idea of how glad I am that rather than just the white and black evil, you know, and good of the original trilogy, that the sequel trilogy has really gone into more gray areas of people who, because no one's wholly good or wholly evil, you know, it's, it's always, you know, a mix. But other than that, I mean, that's me speaking from this world's perspective. Kylo's perspective is understandably different because, you know, he grew up with the parents that he did, but then he spent a third of his life with Snoke. So... That's, you know, it really, it, it, it's illustrative of that. Do you have anything else to say about no, that No, I one? think you've pretty much covered it. And no personal opinion on that one? Not really. Oh, all right. Well, let's go back to the, the list of questions here. I had a couple of uh, ones that I really were interested in answering. Uh, the thing you cried for last time, does it matter to you now or will it matter to you five years later? Meaning the last time you cried, mm-hmm. these are going to matter five years from now. It's a weird question. Yes. Because the last time you cried was over, uh, was a guilt issue. And while he may move past that, uh, personally, that, that he, without being stuck on that particular incident... You have to learn from your mistakes, you know, and that moment of realization will definitely matter because it will be one of a sort of patchwork of things that set him on the path that he's on, uh, hopefully to better decisions and things. Um, anything? Comments? Woke Borg is at a loss today. Um, I, I, well, I just, like I said, I just got in and I kind of like just walked into the middle of a podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, uh. Which makes you happier, to forgive someone or to hate someone forever? That's not a matter of happy. It's more like, which is more satisfying? Because happy and satisfying are not the same thing. That's actually a good point. I, speaking from Kylo's perspective, um, I, I bit down on the pronoun there, uh, he doesn't know because he has never forgiven anyone. <laughs> that's that's horrible. I'm trying really. That's okay. not actually true. And the big one, uh, actually, is of course, uh, you know, his his parents. Um, he's trying. It's been months and months, and he had resentments that he had harbored for a very long time, and they were part of what was making him stuck to to the path that he was on to the the sort of swath of, of rage and he has discovered that trying to let that go is both really important and a lot harder than he thought. Yeah. And they've been very patient. A lot of what I talked about earlier uh, that you weren't here for 
was the idea of someone committing sins, either moral, ethical, you know, whatever you legal, and in the course of recovery, in the course of backsliding, and the the divide between people who will forgive people and understand that they're trying, and people who will draw a line in the sand and say you're done, that's it, you've had enough chances, you know, you're done. Doesn't matter that you're trying, you have slipped up one too many times and you're done. And I think Leia is one of those people that has boundless patience when she sees a glimpse of good somewhere. And I think she got that from from Brea and from Bale. And you could argue, and I'm not going to argue that in this podcast because it could take a really long time, that it was better in the long run for her to have been adopted by the Organas because she would not have become the person... Ironically, she became, like I said earlier, very much like Padme. Very, very much like Padme. Uh, because of the influence of her family. And uh, it, it's it's interesting. You know, you have to wonder if Anakin had survived at that point, or Padme had survived at that point, with the state of the Senate and the Empire and things like that, would she have grown up the same way? Uh, probably not. Even even being the, the child of Padme and being raised by Padme, she probably wouldn't have uh, grown up the same way. So it, it's funny. Uh, it, it's a matter of dominoes falling and things happening. And it's scary sometimes to think about that, that if one... And it's the same with, with life here. You know, it's another relatable thing. You know, every decision you make has consequences that are beyond what you uh, what you understand. But... You know, outside of his family, which is, is very hard, um, there is, of course, you know, the situation with Luke, which is uh, something that I, I think I may de- devote an entire episode to in the future because we've recently realized how pivotal of a subject that is, how really, how important it is for him to address and confront and deal with that. And Ryan, again, really illustrated uh, clearly in The Last Jedi that Kylo doesn't just resent him, doesn't just hate him, he's afraid of him. And it, it was one of those sort of imprinting traumatic experiences where on the outside it's hate and rage and, and anger, and on the inside it, it comes from fear. And I think that's a lot of what the, the entire saga as illustrated, if you really want to come down to it, is that fear is the root of of most of the dark side, and Yoda was right about that. I think anger matters less, and hate matters less than fear in the end, because fear can drive you to do things that you would not have conceived of otherwise. Fear is what drove Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader. Fear is, you know, it, it's the root of, of everything. It, it, it's what drove Kylo to Snoke in the end. You know, that, that I really I really believe that, that fear is the important, rather than teaching, you know, suppressing emotions and suppressing uh, uh, attachments, learning to process and deal with fear is a really good lesson there. And Kylo is learning that lesson every day. It's been a year and, and, and change longer than that because, you know, obviously he's been around, but as far as it goes, that's his major issue fear of his 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 past and fear of himself and fear of his power and fear of uh, how he will be perceived by other people and fear of Snoke which is still there 
even though he's been free of that for a while. So that really is something that he works with or on or about pretty much every day that he's here. Is that, you know, is that an accurate assessment, you think? Yes. Nodding silently on a podcast. (laughs) Um, Is there anything you can't let go of but you know you should? Well, I suppose that comes right back to that, um, that question about Luke. And that's really the thing. I think that he's Kylo's going to be stuck in the past until he, until he learns to overcome those things. And he's, he's working at it a little at a time. You know, his mother, his father, his uncle himself. Um, and really accepting his part of the responsibility in that is, uh, is a big part of it. Um, coming to some middle ground between being wronged and being the party that that wrongs someone else and it's a long uphill journey and again and with the backsliding you know you don't forgive someone all at once I think I really I think that if someone hurts you and you want to put that behind you or put it aside because you want the person in your life or you need them I really think that the point in Kylo's life that everything changed is they could have instead of splitting apart sort of uh, in the face of Snoke and that influence you know they were all afraid of what would happen again fear and I think fear is what broke up their family and Kylo is very aware of that that he's very aware of and he's very resentful of that and it's, it's sort of ironic that he can resent their fear and at the same time have so much of his own uh, that he doesn't see as an equally damaging thing uh, until he does. And it's, it, it's really it's difficult. Um, that being said, I really think that, that changing that, how he sees that, how he perceives it, is going to be one of our, our biggest struggles uh, going forward, you know. Um, do you have anything about that at all, or anything to say? I mean, <laughs> you're not, just not really. You actually managed to sum all that up like really, really well as far as it goes. So I don't really have anything to add to it. Do you have anything uh, about living with Kylo's guilt? Because that was the subject of most of today, uh, uh, the Resistance episode, where I got cold chills. You know, no place is safe from him. No, it was hard. Yeah, that was uh, kind of... I mean, I mean, I knew that would be kind of difficult for you to watch as far as it goes. Um, but I actually don't have anything to add. Oh, well, I guess I'm on my own this week, guys. Um, you know, I have more questions, but I think I'm going to end it here. Um, if you have questions, either abstract, difficult ones like this, or questions about personal stuff, memories... You know, we got a few questions in the beginning at the AMA about uh, specifically about things that he remembered... Um, and things like that, you are free to ask them as long as they are civil. Uh, any subject, there's no subject that's off limits. iKyloCast at gmail.com. It's funny that we stuck with iKylo. It was sort of a joke at first, and uh, it sort of stuck, but now I'm actually... Did I come up with that, or did you? I, I You know, I don't even remember anymore. Um, but what I do know is that uh, we kept it because it's easy to remember and it's easy to spell. Um, it's not something complicated so again ikylocast at gmail.com ikylocast on twitter and of course my regular twitter which is a little harder to spell Svengali phantom but you can look up the tweets of ren and that's my main twitter account you can send questions uh comments uh thoughts anything like that 
uh, remind me at some point, someone that I did want to put up a poll, like I was talking about. Uh, I was talking about uh, trying to find the overlap between people who think Kylo is irredeemable and people who think that people in recovery have a limited amount of chances uh, before, you know, they run out of uh, sympathy. You know, I, I'm, I'm really curious now, uh, over the last few episodes we've been discussing this, uh, about where that overlap is. So, in any case, uh, tune in. We're on all your favorite platforms now, as you know if you're listening to this. And uh, please spread the word. We're going to try to get on YouTube soon uh, to expand our sort of reach a little bit. If you can help out even a little, we'd really appreciate it. Again, it may not be the most in-depth fandom rumor podcast out there, but it is probably the most unique, and it is definitely honest, and it's very important to me, uh, especially as I, as my chronic illnesses sort of uh, make themselves known to me. This is the thing that I really want to accomplish. I want people to know that we're out here, that we exist, that we're living, and that we're not alone in the fact that uh, what we experience might be uh, might be helpful to other people. So, tune in and uh, we hope you're well. Join us next time for uh, iKyloCast. Hopefully I can get Nova Mortis. I'm hoping to see if we can have that discussion about Snoke. That might be a real deep dive. So um, I better buckle up for that one because uh, he asked the hard questions and uh, we're still, it's still a touchy subject uh, even this uh, far on. So we'll see if we can do that. We have Woke Porgs uh, by location. Uh, explanation. I, sorry, I said that earlier, and it just the the yeah. rhyme just uh, hung on me so much that like I I had to keep using it. But anyway, uh, and of course, Ray and Kylo react to Star Wars canon uh, coming soon. So we have a lot of good stuff for you coming up, uh, especially toward the holiday season. We hope you stick around and join us and spread the word about I Kylo Cast. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for another episode of I Kylo Cast. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to tune in next time, and may the force, and the balance, and an open mind, be with you.